Abba Yahweh, that you would bless the reading and sharing of your word, Father God, to my brothers and sisters this day. Yahweh, Aman, Yahshua, Aman, Parakletos, Aman. They are all praiseworthy, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And to kind of continue what I had been sharing with y'all before about the Old New Testament tie-in and the continuity of the Bible, and that there are those amongst us that will say that the Old Testament is different and the New Testament is separate, and uh, here's the deal. The Bible is contextually studied by those who seek God's face. The Old Testament ties in with the New Testament. There are messianic prophecies that are in the Old Testament and fulfilled in the New Testament. And everything that is written in this book can be tied together, can be threaded together. It is all an instruction manual for our lives. There are some things in the Old Testament that were changed when Jesus came because he came to fulfill, not to ban and abolish anything at all. And things that were believed were changed when Jesus Christ came because people were getting so bound up in the written law and making things so difficult and they were rebelling against this and the world had become so vile toward one another and God had repented for creating this world and giving us that free will choice that we were just destroying one another. We were so caught up in animosity, derisiveness, but God so loved the world. And Jesus said, I will go. Now, is that not the greatest sacrifice and ought to be part of this Memorial Day? And there are people that walk around and say, oh, happy Memorial's Day or happy Memorial Day. They're, I'm sorry, brothers and sisters, the only joy that can come out of the Memorial Day is that Jesus Christ came and sacrificed himself. I still have issues because I remember men that served with me and I thought we were transferred together and they're all dead. They went to Beirut, Lebanon and I thought I was gonna go and we were still gonna be stationed together and that didn't happen. They all died and I did not. That's not a very happy Memorial Day. So brothers and sisters out there, I would admonish you that consider your salutation to a veteran if you run into them. You have Veterans Day and Service Day and thank a veteran for that day and thank them for whatever they may have done on that day. But on Memorial Day, there are memories that are threading through our minds and our hearts that cause sadness. So just be considerate of that, please. And like I shared, the greatest sacrifice that tends to be forgotten by many on Memorial Day 
is that Jesus Christ came and sacrificed him his life. No greater gift than to lay one's life down for your brother. And to be what I was saying before in the threading through of the Old and New Testament, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 53, I'm going to read 1 through 6, which is a messianic prophecy of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is quite a while before Jesus came along. A little over 700 years, 800 years possibly. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquitted of grief, and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our face from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did not esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. That, my brothers and sisters, is Jesus Christ as some would say, in a nutshell. And that was better than 800 years before the birth of Jesus Christ, who came for our iniquities and transgressions. And I come, and I'm going to thread this through, as was shared in our message Yesterday, I love this. I love the teaching from Mark. And yesterday's sermon was absolutely for me, and I could hear the Holy Spirit talking to me as we were going through this word. But in Mark, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's speaking with them because his disciples had decided that certain individuals weren't worthy of being spoken to or that when uh, they had this man was um, praying over individuals and he was praying over them and had uh, cast out a demon 
in Jesus' name. Wasn't doing it for money. And he wasn't doing it for his own benefit, but he was doing it in the name of Jesus. And, but yet the disciples were asking Jesus how it was that he was doing this, but he wasn't one of us, was their word. And Jesus admonished them. And he admonished them because he, the man was doing it in his name and he wasn't doing it for himself. But the disciples couldn't understand that. And they had esteemed themselves above others. And do we not ourselves do that, brothers and sisters? And I'm telling you, I was convicted by the Holy Spirit because I find it is kind of, I think the Lord's really teaching and this is what he does when he takes us down certain paths. And that's why we have to have faith that that path is the road that we're on and whatever detour. And I have made the summation based on what the Lord is showing me as I was I'd asked for prayer about this job change and and other things but the Lord has confirmed in me that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be in him and if he decides that that change will take place it will and and I did when I pray when I prayed for it I said Lord this is you, no matter what. My faith is that your guidance is going to be where I need to be. And then at the same time in saying, (laughs) excuse me, is that I find later on, I'm like, man, why isn't that guy called? Why isn't he responding? Why isn't he letting me know? Well, that's because it's not supposed to happen. And I'm supposed to believe that because that's exactly how I prayed. But yet, the enemy gets into our heads and gets us to pull away. You'll understand what I'm saying when I get... So don't get confused that I seem like I'm sidetracked. I'm not. (laughs) So saying that, I'm right where I need to be as an operator and being in touch with the community and that, that they're coming to me. And I have, I have them come and ask me if I'm the company chaplain, if I'm the company pastor, (coughs) pardon me. And I'm not, I just share with what I believe, but God's bringing me people. They question. And I had the, blessed opportunity. I was so blessed by my father, God. This woman came and came straight away to me. She was very excited to see me come up to the stop. Didn't quite understand it yet, but then when she came in, she, you know, we did a little small talk, customer relationship, and then she said, can we pray right now? Can we pray right now? before anything. I said, yes, we can. 
and the spirit shut the door up. There wasn't anybody around anyway. And one one woman was sitting and kind of watching, but didn't come in to disrupt. Wasn't going our way anyhow. But no one else was there. And the spirit works that way because he knew that my heart's desire was to meet people that way and to be able to share with them. And he knew that she was needing prayer and he knew that I would do so. And he brought us together. And he did. And we did. And she was crying and weeping. And when she came, I knew that there was something that she was afraid of. And I shared something with her and I firmly believe it. And it doesn't matter if anybody else does or not. But she was fearful because doctors mammon had been telling her a word and she was saying that she's not ready to die yet. So whatever they had told her was making her fearful. And instead of being comforting, they drove that fear deeper into her heart. Until God says that we are done, we are not done. Period. Exclamation point. It's up to God, not doctors on this earth and mammon. And why have they thrown away their Hippocratic oath so many times and they cause and drive discomfort and unsettling things to fall on people? It just breaks my heart. Doctors did not used to be that way. Now it's as if they're just in a hurry to process, get their paycheck and get off and gone home like so many other people are. And this is the problem in my heart at my employee. I have a problem because I was trained not to be a certain way. And I find it kind of difficult because there's so many of these younger people that are coming in and I find they're just so caught up in their electronic, their, the customer service is lacking and wanting and, and things that they're doing that are not appropriate that they should be doing uh, and they're not doing it. Just think, And I've, I have found myself to be in a position to where I separate myself and I'm finding people that are like-minded and believing in the word and they like me to share with them. But what the Lord has brought to me was this word out of his word, the truth out of his word. And so we need to not be like these disciples were at the time where they were complaining about how can this man be casting out these demons in your name and not be one of us esteeming themselves higher in their self-importance and that we need to not do that we cannot do that we need to be willing 
and able to share the word with anyone that will hear. They that have ears, let them hear. And we need to not get caught up in that thing that who is greater and and his disciples amongst them <laughs> in chapter 9 he rebuked them again because they were fussing back and forth with themselves and he came upon them and they had been fussing about who amongst themselves were the better who were greater And Jesus told them in Mark chapter 9, verse 35, he already knew what their hearts were saying and, and they were afraid to bring it out to him because they didn't want to be rebuked. And I found myself as a child that I would go to a preferred parent rather than dad who would always say no. I'd go to mom who would sometimes say no. <laughs> and... Uh, the disciples were the same way with Jesus Christ. They knew he knew their heart. And this was kind of foolish because he'd already demonstrated to them that he knows their heart and, and uh, you know, not being a, a mind reader, but he knew what they were thinking and their, their actions, and, and he already was aware. But in verse 35 in Mark chapter 9, when they sat down, and he sat down and called the twelve and saith unto them, If any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all, unservant of all. And he took a child and set him in the midst of them. And when he had taken him in his arms, he said unto them, Whosoever shall receive one of such children in my name receiveth me. And whosoever shall receive me receiveth not me. And whosoever shall receive me receiveth not me, but him that sent me. Hmm. And John answered him, saying, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and he followed not us. And we forbade him, because he followeth not us. Now here they were elevating themselves to be above this person, because he wasn't part of those that Jesus called specifically. But his faith in Jesus was real. And he did it in Jesus' name, not in his name, and not doing it for monetary gain. He wasn't doing it for that filthy lucre, and as some do, and some churches do today even. But Jesus said, forbid him not, for there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name that can lightly speak evil of me. For he that is not against us is on our part. For whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink in my name, because ye belong to Christ, verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. Brothers and sisters, after doing it righteously in Jesus' name, because there are those that are not, they're using the name of Christ to make money, and for their ill-gotten gain, they will be punished for that. And there are those that do that for that filthy lucre, which is money made on somebody else's name. Using Jesus' name, driving the members of the church to pay, 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 buy this, get this, 
you need to increase your tithe, you need to increase your offering. And this is part of the issue of that place that I shared with you when the Holy Spirit took me out of there and allowed that not really confrontational. They were confrontational. I was not. I just, I stood down because the Holy Spirit was there with me. It was just, you know, baffling. But the teaching that they had there was exactly the same as it was before. They had one verse change, but yet it still was about money. And then they had the audacity to attempt to scare the people into giving more. That's the filthy lucre that's being made using Jesus' name to drive the people and the members of the congregation to do more than, and then convincing them that if they do that for the church that they're going to gain more and they'll be wealthy. And they, the terms and the things that were said. So there are those that do this, but Jesus Jesus rebuked them because this man was casting out demons and his faith allowed him to do so. But the disciples couldn't do so when they had the opportunity several times. And Jesus pointed that out. But this man was doing so in Jesus' name and the disciples saw it. And because he wasn't walking with them as part of their group, he wasn't in the clique that he shouldn't be doing that. And so I have to reverse this for myself that I have to be putting that out there for everyone. And that's what we are to do. And we have to do these things because that's what we're called to do. That is our purpose, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ God the Father with who <laughs> pardon me with whoever will listen and that doesn't mean already like-minded individuals or those that believe in God and that those are that are going to church already that means anyone that will listen and as I do as I'm moving around out there the Lord brings those folks to me but yet within my own employ Honestly, I have, I have not been doing what I'm supposed to be doing, Father. Forgive me for this thing. Help me to be stronger in you, Father God, for in my weakness, you are strong. Your strength comes out. And this is about your glory, gospel of you, gospel of Jesus, who came for all of us. Forgive me, Father. Help me to be stronger. Yahweh Aman, Yahshua Aman, Paraklitos Aman, guide me, walk with me. So that I need to do. I need to be stronger in that and not be picking and choosing because that's not our job. Our job is that all have the opportunity and all hear. And I have to be rebuking my self-importance. And 
after Jesus points out these things about the child and shared with them that if anyone shares that water in his name. So as I continue in 9.42, and whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believe in me, it is better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he were cast into the sea. Do you think that children are God's favorite? Do you think that Jesus Christ loves the little children? And that these children that are believing that Jesus loves them, and yet there are the adults that are teaching them, and this breaks my heart, and those adults that are doing this, incidentally, are going to have, unless they repent, are going to have a serious issue a serious issue that they're teaching their children the derisiveness of color tonation of skin and that they're having these children that are just barely toddlers marching around and cursing filthy language and they think it's funny and cute that these small children are doing this. They are going to have to answer for that. The adults that are teaching these children because remember what I shared with you before. Although born into a broken and sinful world, children are born without guile. They don't know how to lie, cheat, steal, be filthy mouthed until they're taught to do so by either an adult or an older child who has been taught by a wicked-minded adult anyway. That's where they learn this thing. We are to bring up the children in the way of the Lord and the way that they should go. And if you think that the way that they should go is to be filthy-minded, derisive, and separatists, and apart from their brothers and sisters, then there will be answers that will be required of you. And there's that word you again, a generality. If the shoe fits, wear it. If it doesn't, then disregard it. Just hear what I'm saying. The skin tone <laughs> and color of nation was created by God, the Father of all. The character of our hearts is determined by us. He gave us a free will choice, and this is why he repented at the time of Noah and why he repented and Jesus Christ came to to save the world and give everyone an opportunity because of the filthy, nasty choices that men make toward one another to be so destructive instead of constructive, to rebuke instead of embrace. Oh, brothers and sisters, small children are meant to be taught taught good things and for those that think that it's funny and cute to teach these small barely toddling children they have no idea what they're even saying they think it's cute and funny to teach them how to curse others to use expletives that shouldn't be used by anyone anyway and they think that that's funny and cute I know 
and I feel God cries. He weeps in heaven for this thing. Can you imagine the fact that he still graces people and his mercy holds back what he really would want to do for these filthy-minded, degenerative people, but yet he does not because he still believes and still loves so much that they should have the opportunity to repent, be saved, and come to know that Jesus Christ came for all of us and that their faith in God can make things real. Brothers and sisters, as I'm continuing here, And if thy hand, in verse 43, I'm sorry, chapter 9, 43, and if thy hand offend thee, cut it off, it is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell into fire that never shall be quenched. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off, it is better for thee to enter enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. Where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. For every one shall be salted with fire, and every sacrifice shall be salted with salt. Salt is good, but if the salt have lost its saltiness, wherewith will ye season it? Have salt in yourselves, and have peace with one another. pardon me the salt of the earth is what we've been called and jesus christ talks about this and and it's a could be a little confusing for some people but he also admonishes the church and the book of revelation about this that they have lost their soul and he talks about the church specifically at laodicea and there are churches like that today they become so haughty and so high and mighty of themselves that that seasoning has been lost and they're so caught up in self-righteousness and what they have done and they don't truly worship, they don't work in discipleship, they don't share except within themselves and they're continually patting themselves on their back for what they've accomplished. They've lost their first love. The first love, Jesus Christ. And we cannot allow that to happen in ourselves. And Jesus Christ is talking about this when he's talking about the eyes and the hand and the foot. This is... This is rebuking the self-importance. We have to be able to do that thing. It's all about rebuking self-import. We are not so much more important than anyone else simply because we believe that Jesus Christ came for our sins and that we have faith in God. That doesn't make us better than anyone else. It makes us different. That's it, just different. 
just like I tease some of the other service members that come and they find out that I'm a Marine and then they share with me their branch. I said, uh, that doesn't make you bad. It just makes you different. And that's all. We are different. We are also a peculiar people, brothers and sisters. We have been called to be that. And we have been told that that is what we are. Why are we peculiar? We're peculiar because we don't follow the drumbeat of the world. We don't follow into all this darkness and all this trash that they do and that we keep ourselves apart from that. We're not caught up in the derisiveness and all this thing that they're doing. And brothers and sisters, we must have faith in God. And when we do things in Jesus' name, to just have faith in that. Brothers and sisters, that's what this is about. This is about everyone having an opportunity to hear the word, share the word, believe on Jesus Christ, and decide to accept him as their Lord and Savior, and that God is the creator of all things. That's my purpose. That's our purpose, what it should be if you are a believer and you stay in the word, you seek his face, you seek the truth, and everything else falls into place. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I don't have what I had, but I have that joy. And I was spoken to heavily by the Holy Spirit in that sermon yesterday. Thank you, Isaiah, my brother. One of our pastors at church, one of our pastors from, from the youth, delivered the message yesterday. And it was a good message. And we're studying through the book of Mark. And Jesus pointed out again, I'm share with you, brothers and sisters, that they came and they questioned why this man was casting out demons in his name. And he wasn't part of the group. Well, brothers and sisters, we must not be that way. I must not be that way. Let the change begin in me that will bring this light to the world. We cannot be this little candlestick that is good in the house, but when you take it out into the wind and the stormy weather of the world, that candle will blow out. We have to be that beacon of light from the lighthouse that brings those into the safe harbor. There's a combination of issues with the lighthouse. It draws the sailor. In those days, they didn't have the channel buoys and markers as they do in, in the days now. But back then, that lighthouse was placed in a very strategic location. And sailors could see it for many, many leagues into the sea. And they look and they saw the light when they were in bleak weather and high waves and the rolling waves. And then they would see that light and they knew that's where we need to go. That's our harbor. That's our safe haven. And they would steer the ship toward that beacon. And it was put in a place that they knew that if they went to a certain 
way if they went to uh, the right side of that beacon that they would be in the channel to be able to get into the safe harbor. Brothers and sisters, we need to be that beacon of light in this stormy, dark world. And that beacon of light needs to be shining brightly. There's no derisiveness. There's no difference than anyone in anyone else. Brothers and sisters, the choice that we have to make is simply to teach the word, preach the word, share the word of truth. The gospel of God, the Father, Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, and our Savior, and the Holy Spirit that was sent to guide, teach, and give us direction. The three spiritual, they come together as one in our lives, brothers and sisters. That is the import, and that is what we need to do. And I rebuke in my life any of this derisiveness, which I, I do in my walk anyway, but in Jesus' name, I call for strength, Father God. My brothers and sisters are upright in their courage. Do you wonder why God, throughout the word, kept telling his people and those that would follow him to be of good courage, to be strong, to be upright, to be bold, be not afraid, be not dismayed. Why do you think he did that? Because he knew that the world is what it is. It is a dark, broken place. We are in this world, but not to be of this world. And we need to be strong, bold, upright, courageous in order for that walk to continue. Do not step down in cowardice. Do not step aside in compromise. Oh, I'm sorry I said it that way. Yeah, maybe maybe God's word was a little too harsh and I should have changed that and I shouldn't have said it. So do not be like that. If it's an abomination to God and it's in the word of God and you said it in righteousness and not in anger or to purposely, willfully hurt someone, but just in truth, don't apologize for it because God does not need you to apologize for him or stand up for him. He does not need your protection, so don't be confrontational. Simply speak the word. Speak the word in truth. Be upright about it. It's really actually pretty simple. The difficulty comes from outside and the enemy attacking our thought process. That's why we need to keep on the helmet of salvation. Remember that our salvation and make sure we exercise that thought in our minds all the time. And the enemy wants to drive that out of our thought process. Take that away. Brothers and sisters, it's there. Believe, hold on tightly. Don't just hold on to the promises and recite them, but hold fast to the promises of God. And don't forget that the closer we walk with God, the more the enemy is going to try to knock us off that walkway. It doesn't get easier, and you some think that it would or should. Not going to happen. The enemy, does, the enemy doesn't want us there. He wants us to be lost. He wants us to be forlorn. He wants us to be dismayed. He wants us to be discouraged. He wants us to be anxious. He wants us to be frustrated. 
He wants us to be condemned. He wants us to be blamed. He wants to accuse us of anything he possibly can. Brothers and sisters, he comes at me with accusations of things that happened so long ago that I gave to the Lord and wants to drag those up. But I rebuke that and I refuse because then they sit in that box in the attic because God tossed them into this place called the Sea of Forgetfulness. And the enemy wants us to swim out there, dive down, pick it up off the bottom, bring it back, and then his little serpents and scorpions will skitter it up the stairs into the attic, which is our memories and our mind. And then when, they're, when it's convenient, when it's dark and we're all alone, and we think that no one is with us or watching, they start kicking those boxes around and they knock them over, and then the memories spill out, and then they kick them around and they kick up the dust in the attic. This is why we need to be strong in the word of God. Rebuke those things. Do not live in the past because it keeps us bound. Keeps us anxious, frustrated, and angry. And brothers and sisters, all three, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, are working in our favor for those that believe and desire for those that don't to hear the word. They that have ears, let them hear. And that's what I'm about, my father's business. Brothers and sisters, I love you. Have a blessed day. Have a good day.